Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are breaking down the details of every pick for every team in two divisions, the NFC East and the AFC North. Connor and I are going to go through every single team. We're going to talk about every single pick. We're going to talk about what we loved, what we liked, and then maybe what we didn't get, where we had some questions, what we might have done a little bit differently, and then, of course, give you our draft grade as well for every single team. On Monday, we did the best and the worst, but we're going to make sure that we get to every single team in detail, talk about every single pick, cover this draft, and recapping it better than anybody else out there. I am Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I am Trevor Sikba. That is Connor Rogers beginning our journey, getting in the weeds, into the details here of every single draft class that we just saw from the 2022 NFL Draft. Today, we're talking about the NFC East and the AFC North. We're going to be breaking down all four teams of both of those divisions, tell you an entire draft haul, what we loved, what we liked, what we didn't really like, what was a little bit confusing to us, and then we'll give you a grade. We obviously gave you some best and worst grades from the Monday episode, but we're going to give you our draft grade for every single team that we go over here. Connor, this is another big undertaking over the next couple of weeks, really getting into what we loved and maybe didn't love about these draft classes, but I'm excited, man. A couple of of days to digest this now. I'm excited to kind of dig into it a little bit here. Me too. Our latest project on the show, right? And this is one that... Uh, I've been looking forward to for a long time because I think what I noticed with the draft and to each their own, I have no problem with it. But what I like to do is this where it comes or, you know, the the draft arrives um, days one, two and three go. You get grades almost all by Monday from Mm -hmm. every outlet. And then it's 2023 mock drafts or or like rookie mini camp hype. And nobody really looks at every single pick and goes through the process. Um, and, and that is a really good point of this, too. Like, grades are fun, and they're a blast, and analysis is fun. But also the process of these picks is just as important when we run it back and do this next year and try to figure out what teams are doing next year. So this is probably my favorite part of the entire draft process, especially doing this show, where you're going to get to hear about your team. You're going to get to hear about pretty much every pick your team made um, and maybe even the picks that they didn't and then put a bow on this thing. Yep. Yep. It's going to be great getting to go through it. And something that always fascinates me about the NFL draft isn't even just the picks that are made. It's the picks that aren't, you know, it's the, it's the conversations. Some things I wrote here. Yeah. It's the conversations that some of these GMs might be having or like other guys that were on the board and why they went with this player, why they went with this player. So this is going to be fun. I'm excited to kind of dig into it. We'll start with the NFC East and we'll start with the New York football giants. Number five overall, because they had five and seven, remember in the top of the first round, number five overall, they settle in on Kayvon Thibodeau. So his slide, it doesn't end up going outside the top 10. Like some people were predicting, obviously the edge rusher out of Oregon, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama at number seven, number 43 at the top of the second round, Wandale Robinson, the Kentucky wide receiver uh, round, or that was in round two, round three was Josh Zudu the interior offensive lineman from North Carolina, Cordell Fla, the corner from LSU. Then in round four, they had Daniel Bellinger, tight end from San Diego State. Dane Belton, the safety from Iowa. Micah McFadden in round five, the linebacker from Indiana. DJ Davidson from Arizona State. Marcus McKeithen, 
the interior offensive lineman from North Carolina. And then in the sixth round, they had Darian Beavers to kind of wrap it all up and put a bow on it. So, Connor, I'll ask you at the very start. Let's start with the positives. What would you love about the New York Giants draft here? Yeah, so we'll do a little loved, liked, and then what we really don't get before the grade. I loved a lot of things about the New York Giants draft. And it was I called it the roller coaster draft because it was – you know, it was it was awesome. It would take you really, really high up. And then all of a sudden, you'd be shot back down and be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> So I loved Kayvon Thibodeau. I loved Evan Neal. I loved Josh Azudu. I didn't value him where they took him. But this goes to show you that just because where you value a guy, where he goes can really bump up how you feel about the pick. So I thought this was the right spot for Josh Azudu and a place I think he can find success as a starting guard. And I loved Daniel Bellinger, one of my favorite day three picks of the entire draft. So uh, for me, Trevor, they really, all three picks are the same theme. They valued becoming a tougher, more physical football team on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And that is something that the Giants have been miles behind on for years. And this gave them not just a little, you know, a little five hour energy of it. It gave them the real deal. It gave them the, hey, we're going to be here to stay. This is who we're going to be under Joe Shane and this Buffalo regime. Uh, and those four picks, they stood out to me. What about you? Yeah, and I think that that's a massive theme for Joe Shane is that it's always going to be built through the trenches. And we watched what the Buffalo Bills had done over the last couple of years. And him, obviously, as the assistant GM there, that was um, – I've said this on this podcast before when I was at – Joe Shane's podium session at the combine, I specifically asked him about defensive line because I wanted to hear what his response was in his mindset where you looked at this situation and actually I was asking Brandon Bean this because I wanted to see if it was going to be similar for both of these guys. And I asked Brandon Bean, I was like, you've used so many picks on defensive line over the last couple of years. Does that hold you back from continuing to invest in the trenches if it is a relative need for you? He said, absolutely not. That's the team. That's the part of the team that we're always going to invest in. I heard similar things then from Joe Shane because I wanted to hear from kind of the GM and who he was under and then see what he also had to say about it if he was going to go in a different direction. And Shane, again, emphasized how much he wanted to build through the trenches, the types of identities that he wanted within his trench players, the difference makers, the toughness, the dependability, all that kinds of stuff. And so I do think that this was a confirming draft. You mentioned it at the top of the show. We're going to get to, again, write down the notes of what we think these guys are going to do. I think we're figuring out, obviously, what Joe Shane's going to do. And it is going to be close to what he was able to do when he was an assistant in Buffalo. Because I, as well, I love the Thibodeau pick. I love the Evan Neal pick. And then you're right. I think I like the trench emphasis that they scattered throughout the draft. The thing that I love the most, though, not trading out of five and seven. I think that we went into this draft knowing that the Giants wanted to move from either five or seven. They wanted to acquire picks in next year's draft. That was a well-known fact. They didn't force that and instead had two really good football players on the board that I think perfectly helped them out. And acquiring those good football good players call. is what it's all about. I, I I loved that he didn't feel that he had to be forced into trading one of these picks when these two players were available for him to select. I'm sure the trade market was not nearly as robust as it is in normal years. I think we certainly saw that with how little the Minnesota Vikings got back for trading back from number 12 to number 32. Now, there are some picks that were a little bit closer to value, but... I'm sure that Joe Shane was calling up all sorts of GMs saying, hey, who wants five? Who wants seven? 
And I bet the price was not what he wanted to do. So he didn't panic. He didn't do that no matter what. Instead, he took two really good football players. That's what I absolutely loved about how he navigated his first draft here as a GM. So uh, what, what did you like? A little less than love. What did you like? Great call, Trevor. I, I think my favorite part of this show is when we're, you're always going to hear us say we loved, liked, or didn't like the players, but when we throw in a nugget of this specific thing, and I'm with you that, you know, I, I get they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, and I do think that was the right decision, but I also don't think that means you had to force acquiring capital next year to protect yourself if he doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. You can cross that bridge when you get there if you're the New York Giants. And if Daniel Jones is really bad this year, the Giants might be picking in range to get a quarterback anyway, despite this roster taking a step forward, and maybe two. Uh, what I liked, kind of funny, it's none of the pick. You know, I had obviously the two day one picks in there. What I liked was two of the day three picks, and Dane Belton and Darian Beavers. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me... Belton is a guy that I liked better um, than taking Cordell Flott. And I know they're different. Flott is a true, very skinny, um, I guess I'm just going to start saying light in the pants. Um, He is truly like a light in the pants corner. He's 175 pounds. So Belton to me is a little bit more of the tough guy flex slot. He could play the slot. He could run with the tight ends. You're in a division where you're going to see Dallas Goddard, um, Logan Thomas, Dalton Schultz. He could play some safety. I saw ball skills with Dane Belton. So for me, I thought that was a really, really good pick that helps the defense in a variety of ways. And then Darian Beavers, to me, they just valued him the right way for me. I was a little worried Darian Beavers was going to be overdrafted. I had him 179, and they took him, I think, at 182. I think he could start in the middle of the field. I think he has enough athleticism he has the body type to take on contact. Is he ever going to be a three down, all over the field, you can't miss him on tape kind of guy? No, but can he be responsible and do his job? Yes. And that's the kind of day three picks that I really, really like. So I thought they got two guys that are contributors on defense on day three in that spot. It was, they're never going to be pro bowlers. They're never going to be guys that you're, you're, you know, oh my God, I can't believe that play. But they need to be serviceable level. And, and I think that's really, really good drafting on day three. And that's something the Bills have done really well for a long time. He's super solid, man. I love the Darian Beavers pick. To get him in the sixth round, I thought because of the value that he brings on special teams, all the special teams experience and the snaps that he has there, at the very least, I think this guy's got the potential to be a third phase captain for you as a special teams captain and then i also think he's got decent upside everybody talks about how smart of a football player he is man i think that new york's a great spot for him to maximize the most out of what he could be as a true linebacker as a special teams player so i also like that pick getting to the the the, i don't get you mentioned one of them the cordell flot thing it's just i I like cordell flot as a player he graded out really well as a slot defender for us at pff but you've already got a dory jackson you've got aaron robinson you got Darnay Holmes. I mean, like a lot of those guys, it feels like their their game and their size is for slot. And I know that Dory Jackson play on the can play on the outside as well, but Darnay Holmes seems like he's kind of a slot only defender. So are you are is Cordell Flock gonna gain some weight and play on the outside? Because that didn't really go well at LSU. He did not grade well as an outside defender for us. So it's it's definitely a projection there for him. And then the Wandale Robinson selection, you know, just to pick Wandale Robinson over. Uh, you Ooh, know, they see that run. It went him and then the run. Right. It's it's like Sky Moore and and Pickens. George Pickens and like all of those players that I think were picked Ta- after him. The great Tyquan Thornton. The great Tyquan Thornton, of course. And like, you know what's man. insane, dude? What I 
almost, and I, obviously I value Tyquan Thornton so much further down the board than Wandell Robinson, but for what the Giants needed, I almost would have liked that pick even better than Wandale. I mean, not, I... not really, because I don't think he's going to be a really good player. Trevor, I don't see the fit on this roster for Wandale unless you're just so far out on Kadarius Tony. Right, right. Which it could make sense. Like if they if they sure. easily, if they move on from Tony here, like okay, I would have liked for them to get a draft pick if they were going to immediately move on from Kadarius Tony, like get a draft pick this year. But maybe they're kicking it down the can again. Maybe this is Joe Shane not panicking, saying I don't care. Like I'm going to give Kadarius Tony another year, and we're going to figure it out. And then if we can't, we'll get a draft pick for him. But I just I'm, I'm reading the list now. Like John Mechie went after him as well. Jalen Tolbert obviously a little bit later than Dude, that. Dude, he was a top fifty pick. Dude, Calvin Austin goes in the fourth round. Yeah, it's not. I know you and I kind of valued Wandale the same. Like, so yeah. it's not that we we hated this player. When you take him in the top fifty, and you see all the wide receivers go after him, like he's just a slot player, and I, he I might even be just a gadget player. Like people, it felt like this was their Isaiah McKenzie almost. Some people were saying that oh, they're probably not going to have Sterling Shepard much longer. So like, even if Kadarius Tony is still there, there's going to be more targets to be had because Sterling Shepard's not going to be there. I guess if it works out like that, but again, is is Wandale Robinson going to be able to be a wide receiver who can run kind of the full route tree for you? Because I thought that that was something that Sterling Shepard brought to his game coming out of Oklahoma that that he was pretty sharp with it as a route runner, and you could use him in a variety of different alignments because of that. Wandale Robinson isn't that kind of a player, so I'd be a little bit worried about that projection anyway. So those are the two ones I don't get. I think they're probably going to be common. Uh, I see they're on your list as well for they don't get. But uh, I ended up giving the New York Giants a beat. Like what they did at the top, like they didn't panic. And I think I like what a lot what they did throughout. I probably could have honestly given this a B plus. This is, this is a good draft by Joe Shane. This B grade, probably a little harsh on me. I could have gone a little higher for it, but that's what I got. Yeah, so my last don't get, and once again, nitpicking Wandale Robinson, did not like the Cordell flop pick. I like Aaron Robinson a lot and think he could be the slot there for the long term. Um I gave it an A minus. My last don't get was no Saquon insurance. That felt like a, you took two mm. linebackers. You, you know, doubled up on us. You could have waited for the slot. You could have waited. You have guys on the roster that can hold it down at slot. If you don't like them, they weren't your picks. You can wait a year for that. I even felt that same way about Wandale. But if you love the player, take him. But at some point, in my opinion, they should have taken Saquon insurance. He gets hurt all the time. Um... He's a he's an awesome player when he's healthy, but he's a big player when he's healthy. They don't have a, a steady back of, you know, this guy. We need we need four yards right now. We need four yards right now. Go get us four yards. I hate to say it, Giants fans. That's not Saquon right now. He's the big home run hitter. So didn't like no Saquon insurance, but love this draft. Give it an A minus. This draft is going to be remembered for the building blocks up front. Evan Neal is going to be an eight to ten year starter at right tackle for them. Kayvon Thibodeau was my favorite edge in the draft. I think Josh Azudu has a chance to start. I think Daniel Bellinger is a long-term tight end, too, that could block and catch the ball in the middle of the field. And one of Belton or Beavers is going to be a long-time contributor on defense. So I was a big fan of Joe Shane's debut for the Giants. It was just slow and steady in the right ways. Man, I like their fourth-round picks. Like, you like Bellinger, and I like Dane Belton. I like Belton a lot. I'm, I'm like I'm looking at the running backs right now. Like Damian Pierce went in the fourth round. Samir White went in the fourth round. Two guys uh, that were perfect for them, by the Hassan, way. Hassan Haskins, Tyler Algier, then went at the beginning of the third. Or the Brian third. Robinson somewhere in there. Brian Robinson was a little earlier. He was he was late third round with the Washington. Commanders. They need they needed it though. They needed a power back. 
that could pass yeah, protect. I would have I would have liked for them to get one, but I think that that's kind of nitpicking. I feel like you can get those guys all the time. Yeah. So you gave me yeah, that's what took it away from being an A for me. Why it was an A minus? So. All right. Um, before we, we spent a lot of time team, on the Giants, we did. We spent a lot of time on the Giants. We're going to pick it up here in a second, but uh, make sure we get through all these teams before we get to our next team. Though, got to tell everybody about our presenting sponsor. It is our friends over at Jock Market. Their motto: Stop betting, start trading. You buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money while the games are happening. You know, like for example, if you know the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to get absolutely smoked by the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, then you're Sorry, probably buddy. not going to want. It's okay, you know. What? I'm sweating tonight. The Rangers are going to break my heart. Oh, they're playing the Penguins, right? Yep, Woo-hoo. my least favorite team in the NHL. Dude, that's gonna that that bad boy is going to go six or seven. That's, oh yeah, you you are in for one hell of a series. You know me yeah. personally. You know when the Lightning gets swept, then uh, then I'll, I won't have a care in the world. You've so seen, I'll, listen, you've seen well. cups, okay? I was in like right. a di- I was in a <laughs> diaper when the Rangers won the cup. I think. Oh, yeah. Back to the jock market. (laughs) Uh, That was actually a great transition, actually. Uh, So if you find a player, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever it is, and you say, this guy's got a juicy matchup. I think he's going to have a fantastic game. You could bet on that player. You buy shares of that player. So instead of like saying like, oh, this team's going to cover this spread, this team's going to go over this many points, you're betting on player performances, which is a really cool, unique way to do this. All the shares have guaranteed cash payouts at the end of every single night. So it's something that you can do a little bit every day to get some skin in the game. It's a really cool concept. Deposit with the promo code PFF and up to $100, they will match you a 100% bonus on whatever that you are for your first deposit is. You also get a PFF Edge subscription as well. Jock Market, that's jockmkt.com backslash PFF or Jock Market on the app store. Philadelphia Eagles next. It's kind of a short and sweet draft for the Eagles when it felt like they had a ton of picks coming in. Jordan Davis at 13. Love to see it. A little trade up there with the Houston Texans. Cam Jurgens in... Uh, in the second round of 51. Also, I, I do have to say, of course, A.J. Brown getting dealt uh, yep. now on now with the Philadelphia Eagles because that's an important thing to know. Nicobe Dean in the third round at pick number 83. No picks in the fourth and fifth round, but Kyron Johnson, the edge rusher from Kansas in the sixth round, and then Grant Calcaterra as well in the sixth round. No picks in the seventh round. Pretty, like I said, short and sweet draft for the Philadelphia Eagles, but extremely impactful, Connor. What would you love about this class? Man, a lot, first off. What I loved, obviously, was trading for A.J. Brown. How can you not? It was an awesome trade. It was good value for them, even counting the extension that he got. Uh, that looks like when all is said and done, he'll be, you know, he could be on the Eagles for five years, $100 million. I loved Cam Jurgens. He was my number two center in this draft. He was a top 50 player for me. I know I was particularly high on him in this class compared to the consensus board having him at 42. I thought he was a Ryan Khalil type player. Um, and I think Jason Kelsey is the right guy to bring him along there in Philadelphia. So it was cool that Jason was a part of that process. Obviously love N'Kobe Dean in the third round. I think he's going to figure it out. I-, I know he's banged up. Maybe he needs a year to solve those little things. But that mounted into a big thing, right? It's like he has a bunch of little things and it feels like it all just compiled into one big thing. So I really, really like the value of N'Kobe Dean for a team that has not been good at linebacker. They're traditionally never very good at linebacker. N'Kobe Dean can get them there where they can be above average at linebacker, and and he'll play through injuries. Um, So if you're worried about him, you know, it's even this. If N'Kobe Dean has four good years, Trevor, it's worth the pick. It's worth the pick for the Eagles. The Eagles are trying to contend right now. So really, really loved a lot of things about their draft where 
think they got an upside starter at Cam Jurgens in center when Kelsey retires. They got a stud in AJ Brown and they got a stud in Nicobe Dean. Look, I'll just I'll mention all three categories right here because it's easy to do. Love the entire draft. I, I did. And I don't I don't mean that as a cop out. I thought the Eagles navigated this entire thing extremely well. They went up and got a football player at number 13. They traded up from 15 a little bit to get in front of the Baltimore Ravens to go get Jordan Davis. And I thought that was a brilliant move. I thought it was great at Howie recognizing that Jordan Davis probably was not going to make it to the number 15. The Ravens are probably going to take him right there at number 14. And they went up and they got a unique unicorn kind of a defensive lineman. I get it. People out there are going to tell me about him playing nose tackle, limited snaps that he plays. Jordan Davis changes defenses. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Jordan Davis changes defenses. You start at the nose tackle spot. You start in the middle of that defense. And everything around him gets better because of his presence. I think he's going to be playing at a little bit lighter of a weight than he was at Georgia. I think his conditioning is going to be a little bit better than it was at Georgia. And, of course, he's going to be in a rotation. Guys, that's what defensive linemen do. But when Jordan Davis is on the field, when he's going to be used correctly, he is going to be a monster. He is going to be a game changer. And I believe that he even has more pass rush potential than what he showed us at Georgia. Absolutely love the pick. A.J. Brown cannot be understated enough how incredible of a pickup that was for them to deal uh, number 18, to get a player like A.J. Brown who's going to help maximize Jalen Hurts the passing game shoot the running game everything man i think he's going to be another player who just absolutely elevates everything they do so with their two first round picks they selected two players that are going to elevate the entire unit on both office and defense those are first round picks those are the kind of investments that you want um cam jurgens you mentioned it great pick great kelsey replacement i think it's fantastic and then you talked about nicobe dean i mean just retweet on everything that you said there It's, it's such a great pick for him the injuries aside, man, even if he doesn't play in 2022, this pick can absolutely be worth it. It can be an absolute steal for you. I loved every part of this draft. You know, the later picks, I think that they're, you know, it's a, it's an edge rusher. And um, shoot, who was their last one? Grant Calcaterra. Calcaterra, Calcaterra, who I like taking a chance on, Okay, of course, at, uh, receiving tight end. And this class is fantastic. There, there is no I don't get. The only I don't get here in this class for me was like maybe not picking a secondary player. But when you look at the Eagles secondary depth chart, yeah, you could say that they would need upgrades here and there, but they weren't going to make it in the first round. I'm not going to change any of that. I love the Cam Jurgens pick. I love the N'Kobe Dean pick because he fell to him and they took an opportunity there. What would I change? I'm not just going to sit here and complain that they didn't make a secondary pick when I wouldn't have changed anything they did ahead of it. So I think it's almost the perfect draft for the Eagles. I give it an A, A plus. I think it's right there with it. Yeah, I gave it an A. Um, the only this is the only team on today's show that I wrote nothing in the don't get section. I was good with everything. I, I thought they maximized their value. I thought they moved the board around. Uh, I liked the Jordan Davis pick. I liked the Kyron Johnson pick, an athletic edge that kind of fits that mold of. You're always looking for backups in day three of your scheme specific guys. Kyron Johnson is that backup to Hassan Riddick. Grant Calcaterra is that backup to Dallas Goddard. So, I really liked that strategy for them. I, I didn't love Jordan Davis. I only like Jordan Davis because I think Jordan Davis will never get the credit that he deserves on paper and in, you know, awards. I think he's a guy that's going to make life so much better for everyone around him. And maybe I should love the pick for that. But I just think when we're all said and done, we'll go, oh, Jordan Davis is a really nice pick. He wasn't a franchise altering pick because those guys just don't get the credit um, that they really, really have earned. So Great draft for the Eagles in A here uh, and the highest grade in the NFC East from me. Dallas Cowboys, next team. 
Tyler Smith picked at number 24 in the first round, the offensive tackle from Tulsa. They took the edge rusher from Ole Miss, Sam Williams. In the second round, third round, they went Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver from South Alabama. Fourth round, Jake Ferguson, the tight end from Wisconsin. Fifth round, Matt Willetsko, the offensive tackle from North Dakota. Deron Bland, the cornerback from Fresno State. Uh, Damone Clark, the linebacker from LSU. John Ridgeway, the defensive lineman from Arkansas. And then the sixth round, they wrapped it all up with Devin Harper, the linebacker from Oklahoma State. What'd you love about the Cowboys draft here, Connor? Yeah, interesting one, right? I, I love Jalen Tolbert. I think that was one of the better wide receiver value picks we saw in this draft. I thought many wide receivers went ahead of him that had no business going ahead of him. I think he can be their number two of the future, whether that's when Michael Gallup's contract they want out whether that is playing cd lamb in the slot more and keeping tolbert on the outside that opened up the door for their offense a little bit love jake ferguson dalton schultz 2.0 i love damone clark i have no idea if he's going to be able to play in the nfl with the spinal fusion situation right. yeah. uh, but as a player i love him it, it, he would have been a two rounds earlier player for me if he didn't have that injury one of the more complete linebackers in the draft medical situation i, I feel really bad for the guy and hope it all works out I really liked, sorry, the word we're using is loved. I loved the Jalen Tolbert pick. I think it's, that was really great to invest a big pick in a guy, especially a guy who can really stretch the field to continue to allow that offense to have top five potential. I think he's definitely going to be able to do that. And I was really surprised that he was picked that late in the draft. I was, I thought he was going to go a little bit sooner. So the vertical ability of, of Jalen Tolbert and how he can really help out that offense with Michael Gallup still there and, and obviously CeeDee Lamb make up for the loss of Amari Cooper. Obviously, I'm not going to say that Jalen Dolbert's going to step in and be like Cooper was, but he can do a lot of things well, especially from attacking at a vertical plane. And and I think that he could be a great complement to a lot of stuff that could happen in the intermediate, the short and over the middle stuff when you use a weapon like Jalen Tolbert and once he uh, starts to get a rapport with with Dak Prescott there. Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle, I, I, I love this pick. I really did. I think that he was first rounder. I think he's got first round traits. Love that the Cowboys selected him. And I love that he went to the Cowboys because he's right next to Tyron Smith. He's going to be fantastic for his development there. I also love John Ridgeway. John Ridgeway was an underrated part of Arkansas's defensive line. I thought that he was a big reason why Arkansas was able to only play with three down linemen and kind of get away with it, if you will. They played that 3-3-5 formation. And so him being the big man in the middle also has a fantastic nickname, the Vanilla Gorilla, which I wanted to <laughs> shout out there. Um, guys, a pick that I liked, I liked the Sam Williams pick. Speed rusher for sure. I mean, like that's yep. his, his get off the ball is incredible. We saw a great 40 yard dash from him. So we put that on display at the combine. Needs to be a little bit more than just a speed rusher, right? Needs to set up zero speed, run defense. Speed to zero. power moves, zero run defense. You mentioned needs to kind of develop that counter to make sure that as he has effective reps attacking the outside shoulder, he's able to manipulate that, go back inside a little bit, keep offensive linemen guessing. Um, so yeah, those are the picks that I like from the Cowboys. I like that you shouted out Ridgeway. Ridgeway is the type of player the Dallas Cowboys have been missing lately. You know, a true nose that can get in on the fun and the run. So I, I really liked that one. Um, loved, I, like I said, loved Tolbert Ferguson Clark. Liked Tyler Smith. I was a big Tyler Smith fan. Liked Duran Bland a lot. A ball skills corner um, that has some speed that I think is going to surprise some people in camp there. So that was a pick that I liked. I'm with you. I liked Sam Williams. I didn't love Sam Williams. He is truly speed to power, straight ahead rusher, no run defense, not an array of tools, but the athleticism that if you develop them, 
he, he can get after the quarterback. I don't get Matt Willetsko. I don't get Devin Harper. Uh, I thought Willetsko is just gonna is a guy that's gonna have serious problems with leverage at the next level. Uh, he's six foot eight. I think he plays high. I, I don't know that I don't know if that was a pick that they had to make in the top 160. Um, although I was clamoring for them to draft O-line depth, that wasn't my favorite player to take in that spot. Devin Harper, it's hard to say you don't love a sixth round pick, Trevor, but why does this team feel the need to constantly collect linebackers? I was literally just going to say, like, you almost can't even hate this. I think what I have that I don't like is, like, why do we keep drafting linebackers? Yes, yeah, nothing against <laughs> Devin just, Harper. He was on Cowboys my board. Thing. Yeah, he was on my board. So this is a B. Rock solid. Um, it, there's that is that you're not going to walk away and be like, oh God, we, you know, a ton of duds. Um, so this was a B for me for the it, Cowboys. I gave it a B plus. So a little bit higher, but I, yeah, I did. I, I like the Cowboys draft and <laughs> classic Cowboys at the end. They're never not going to draft linebackers. It's just the way it is. My, I think my hot take of this draft might be that Jake Ferguson might be the player that I feel the best about in it, like floor-wise. Like, I feel like he they're going to let Dalton Schultz walk eventually, and Ferguson's just going to be the next guy up in that role, which okay. is kind of ironic considering he wasn't one of the, the first picks for them. But, but yeah, rock solid for the Cowboys. Okay. Rock solid. I, like I love it. I love the take. Love the take there. All right, final team of the NFC East. It's the Washington Commanders here. Interesting draft. Very, uh, very interesting draft. I'll just, <laughs> That's never how you want to start a draft. <laughs> just say it like that. They took Jahan Dotson, the Penn State wide receiver, at number 16 overall in the first round. Fedarian Mathis, defensive lineman from Alabama in the second. Brian Robinson Jr. in the third, the Alabama halfback. Percy Butler, safety from Louisiana in the fourth round. Sam Howell, wild enough. Uh, in the top of the fifth round there, the quarterback from UNC, Cole Turner, the tight end from Nevada, the fifth round as well. No picks in the sixth round, but Chris Paul, um, point guard for the Phoenix Suns, no, uh, the offensive tackle from Tulsa in the seventh round, and then uh, Christian Holmes, the corner from Oklahoma State. Connor, what did you love about this draft? The commanders. I love Brian Robinson. I really do. I I, I think that I know they have talent at running back. I get it, but... I just think Brian Robinson is a guy that gives you power. He gives you pass protection. He can really be any kind of runner you want him to be. I think you he's sound got like good... you, you were pretty high on him then. On, I, oh, the I like Brian Robinson a lot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I Apparently, I went on a fantasy pod, and apparently I found out the hard way that like it's not cool to like Brian Robinson. Um, <laughs> but I did. I had him as my 83rd overall player, and I, he reminded me of James Conner, uh, and I had him in the third round. So... So, yeah, I thought this was a good pick, a really good player. And I believe they took him with the pick, one of the picks they got back from trading out of 11. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a compensatory pick from the Saints, pick 98. So okay. I thought this was the right time to take Brian Robinson. So I like that pick. Man, I, I, I actually, I loved that pick. And I love Sam Howell. I mean, you got Sam Howell so late. I'm waiting there. Let's be real. If you know what hits the fan with Carson Wentz or he gets hurt again, when sam howell can have that heineke plus kind of juice he comes in he runs around he makes some plays he's got a strong arm um these wide receivers know how to win down the field so those unfortunately trevor though were the only two picks i loved what about you um i can expand it a little bit i i love the sam howell pick sam howell falls at the beginning of the fifth round you take a chance on him it's beautiful love it big potential return on investment there with him have no idea why he was a fifth round pick. I mean, even if, even if he 
didn't interview well, which is all, I mean, there's nothing medical with the dude. So I've got to think that maybe he just didn't interview well. Maybe teams weren't jazzed about him. Maybe they didn't think that he was fiery enough. Cause Sam's, Sam's a little bit more of a reserved, a soft-spoken guy. So like, I, I don't know if that's the case, but even if that's the He's case. He's fiery on the field though. But like, yeah, even if you watch it, even if you, if also, that's the case, cares? watch yeah. the tape. Like yeah. this is how many worse quarterbacks have been taken before Sam Howell over the last like five years. It's just, uh, Billy Zappi got drafted before him in this draft. Dude, Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond went borderline, be like at very end of the second, early third yeah. last year. Yeah, team's kind of overcompensated. Kellen Mond, Kellen, Kellen Mond couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. And, no. and Kyle, Kyle Trask no is like, like him. about as not as fiery as it possibly gets. And they, they still picked him at the back end of the second round. It's just that was crazy for me. Love this pick for the commanders because they saw an opportunity to take a quarterback who has, I think, a lot of talent, even for the people who are lowest on Sam Howell. Getting him in the fifth round, man, is a, is a great investment. The picks that I liked. I like Jahan Dotson, the player. Bingo. I, I, I like Fidarian Mathis, the player. Like I think uh, he's a, too. I, I think he's a solid, strong, two-gapping defensive lineman. Love it. You're not gonna be able to pay everybody on that defensive line, especially with Montez Sweat and Chase Young's contracts coming up. You definitely gotta pay those guys. So did you like him in the top fifty? Right. That's the thing. Like I, I didn't think he was gonna go top fifty. I didn't think Jahan Dotson was gonna go top sixteen, top twenty. I like Percy Butler, but I do think that sometimes his 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 instincts are going to need work. He was really great in coverage, but there were times when he was a little late at anticipating things, a safety from Louisiana, and obviously that only multiplies in the NFL because he's jumping up the competition level, and that's something you need to be even better at. You need to be even better at anticipating. So hey, it might be a little bit of a road for him, but I do like his talent. So those are three picks that I liked, but I didn't love them. I didn't love how Washington went about getting them it was almost as if connor washington was drafting a little bit too much of a luxury feel for me like uh, some of these picks like getting super aggressive for Jahan dotson and, and picking fedarian masses mathis where they did and even honestly man even picking the brian robinson selection which i don't hate brian robinson as a player they prioritized him way too high for a team that is not competing if you ask me especially for a team that already has a running back that you should be leaning on constantly in both the run of the pass game and Antonio Gibson. So it was just a strange draft for me. I think I gave it a, a C plus and my, my, my don't get is just the prioritization of the picks because it feels like Washington was drafting as if they won the division last year and they made it to the second or third round of the playoffs. Like they think that everything around them is good and they just needed like a couple of guys that they could overdraft or that they could preference here and there. And these guys are good football players, but it was just an odd prioritization of where Washington was taking them. That gives me a little bit of hesitation of how much they're actually going to see an impact from this class. Maybe it'll be a lot. Maybe these guys will all pan out. Maybe this is where they actually should have been drafted, but Looking at it from my board where they selected him, seemed a little bit too much of like a luxury mindset for a team that doesn't have that luxury, full pun intended. Yeah, I think bundling it the way you did is exactly how I feel. And I just didn't know how to explain it in that sense where it's what were the why were the priorities this? So I like Jahan Dotson because I like the player so much. So I liked the pick. I don't get Fedarian Mathis. I had him 79th. I thought that was high 
for what he is. He's a, a very athletically limited player that's a smart player that can contain against the run and give you effort against the pass, as a pass rusher. That's not a top 50 pick at that position. Percy Butler, I didn't like that pick. Cole Turner, I did not like that pick. He's a guy that plays like a wide receiver and tested like a very unathletic tight end. That's scary right not away. A, not a good combo. That's not a good combo. Um, I didn't like the round one trade. Let me just call it what it is. I know the value of it. They were close. They got pick 16, 98, and 120 for 11. 11's worth 1,250 points. That bundle of picks is worth 1,162 points. I'm not nitpicking that they came up short on the points chart. I don't care about that. You were taking a first-round wide receiver, and everybody knew that. And I know you were upset Drake London wasn't there, Washington. But you let a team come in to take Chris Olave, and you move back to 16 knowing Jamison Williams was going to be gone. Yeah, that is strange. I would be a fraud if I got up here and said, as much as I like Jahan Dotson, I had five receivers with first-round grades. Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Chris Olave. My next receiver up, but as a second-round grade, was Jahan Dotson. I felt like they got a little cute on the bargain rack. Just a little cute. I think Dotson's going to be a good player in the NFL. I think the other guys are going to be better. And it wasn't worth those extra selections to do that. And if it works out the way we think, that trade is going to be looked back not so fondly. So I gave this a C plus, same grade as you, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players they walked away with, okay. And if, if they didn't get Sam Howell when they did, this grade would have been worse. Right, so it wouldn't I, have looked good. In a division where the Eagles are on rocket fuel, the Giants did some really nice things, and the Cowboys stayed nice and steady. I thought the Commanders fell behind. I would agree with you. I would agree with you there. Uh, before we move on to the AFC North, we're going to get to all four teams there as well. we got to introduce our newest sponsor, Sunday. All right, listen up, peeps. Does your lawn, lawn have boys? Let's go, baby. Does your lawn have weeds? Bear patches, pet spots, something like that. Sunday can help you solve all of these problems and more the easy way. They've got everything you need from fertilizer to seeds to weed control, and it's all delivered right to your door. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. Their custom plans include fertilizer and everything you need to easily care for your lawn so you can feel good with the kids and the pets playing around. Just attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. That's it. Just takes less than 15 minutes. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans start at just 129. And you can get 20% off at checkout when you give them when you visit getsunday.com slash NFL. That's what the URL is. It's getsunday.com slash URL. That's 25, that's 20% off your custom plan over at getsunday.com slash NFL. Summer's rolling around. Summer's rolling around. Connor, I know that you don't you don't have a lawn right now. I don't have a lawn right now. I sure wish I did. I because I'm I'm one of those weirdos that like I love lawn work. Oh I, I miss love, it. I love building the good lawn. Such a, it's such a great investment, man. Trevor when and I the, the sweat and the time and the energy into it, and then just uh sitting back gazing upon a beautiful lawn on a summer day. There's nothing like it. Trevor and I's pre-pod conversation tip this morning was how we miss having lawns when we were in our early 20s yes. um so maybe we'll go to our parents places and and <laughs> and get our sunday on all right this, <laughs> so, uh, oh that this is good this is a good father's day gift 
Yeah, yeah, it is right around the corner. Sneaks up on you every year. Dads love lawns. They love lawns. They love lawns and they love more efficient lawn work. Every time I call my dad, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, I'm out in the yard with the dog. I'm like staining the fence. And I'm like, yeah. So jealous. (laughs) Sounds right. (laughs) So jealous. All right, let's move on to the AFC North and the Pittsburgh Steelers. They took Kenny Pickett, QB1, number 20 overall. It's a big headliner because of how the rest of the quarterbacks went in this draft. Second round, George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Third round, DeMarvin Leal, the edge rusher from Texas A&M. Fourth round, Calvin Austin the third, the wide receiver from Memphis. No picks in the fifth round. Sixth round, a little family pick here. Connor Hayward, tight end from Michigan State. Seventh round, they got Mark Robinson, the linebacker from Mississippi. And then Chris Oludekun, the quarterback from South Dakota State. How do we feel about it, Connor? All right, let's ride. So loved Calvin Austin. Good great lord. Pick. Great, great pick. Great, great pick. And you jumped Baltimore to get him. I mean, whew, good stuff. Good stuff from the Steelers. Liked Kenny Pickett. I know that will not be popular. I liked Kenny Pickett at 20. I think Kenny Pickett's well, going to be. He was a QB1, right? He was my QB1. I had him I as like play, player like 31. So no problem here. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be rock solid in Pittsburgh. Um I like George Pickens. I think George Pickens fell this far because teams did have some concerns there. Uh, but I think for the Steelers, he's worth a gamble, size and speed. I, I liked DeMarvin Leal here for what he is, uh, you know, a tweener rusher. And I also liked uh, Connor Hayward in this spot. So I liked a lot of what they did. Didn't love a lot of what they did. Liked a lot of what they did. And I'll be quick here. Did not understand Trevor passing on offensive line depth. That scared me a little bit. I think they, yeah, th- this draft class had some good depth on the offensive line. Uh, they passed up on it. So that was my one concern. But th- once again, there was, didn't love a lot. Didn't have a problem with a lot. I liked a lot of what the Steelers did. I love the offense that the Steelers are setting up here. I also oh, it's, lo- it's awesome. Love the Calvin Austin pick. Also love the George Pickens pick. Of course, like, you know me, he was my wide receiver three in this class. So I absolutely love George Pickens and the talent that he brings. I'm just going to rattle off the names. You should love this draft. It's like two of your guys. I do. I I like this draft a lot. On offense now, they've got Chase Claypool. They've got Deontay Johnson. They've got George Pickens. They've got Calvin Austin. They also have Anthony Miller and Miles Boykins. People forget. They've got Pat Fryermuth. They've got Najee Harris. I mean, this is a a good skill group, man. I think that they're building a really nice supporting cast, both in the run game and the pass game when it comes to the skill position players for whoever's going to play quarterback, whether it is Kenny Pickett or whether it is Mitchell Trubisky. Now the offensive line, sure. I do still think that that needs work, but I loved those two picks because I love what Pittsburgh is doing, giving themselves a lot of really great receiver options and building a pretty dang good offense there. I liked the DeMarvin Leal pick. I agree with you. I think that if he was going to go anywhere at any time, it feels like the Steelers and how multiple they stay on defense, how flexible he could be with that really good defensive line. That makes a ton of sense for him. DeMarvin Leal could not go to any team. He really couldn't. If you're going to a defense that, shoot, just like is is not nearly as multiple, will not get them creative with how they're using DeMarvin Leal, if they try to like kind of make him a certain type of player, like a 4-3 defensive end or even like just a 3-tech, I don't think you're getting a good return for him. But instead, if you're staying very multiple, if you're using him in a lot of different alignments, and what's most important is if you are playing him on a defensive line that is already good, then 
I That's think he can, he can give you the good flashes. And I, I believe that Pittsburgh was a best case scenario for DeMarvin Leal for a lot of ways. Also like Connor Hayward pick, um, had to of course shout out the, the, uh, the family aspect of it because we have a family uh, battle, right? Cam Hayward is is there as well. So that's well, just it. isn't TJ Watts' brother the fullback on Derek the roster? Watt. Yes, Derek Watts. Yeah, also. so we have the Watts versus the Haywards uh, family feud at Steelers training camp. This is actually a really great just point. incredible, cre- incredibly compelling content. Really great point. I gave this a B plus. That what held it from being an A for me is ultimately. I don't really believe that Pickett's going to be a franchise quarterback, so it's hard for me to think that they selected a guy who was QB4 for me behind Jason Ritter, behind Malik Willis, behind Sam Howell. So they selected my QB4, number 20 overall, 54 picks before the next quarterback was going to go, so that's just never going to look good when it comes to my board. Um, And then not getting offensive line, I guess, is something that you can nitpick there as well. But I really do. The guys that they picked outside of quarterback, I think I I love the way they went about it. The Calvin Austin, the George Pickens, the DeMarvin Leal. I thought those are fantastic picks. So I I did like the Steelers as well. You're right. That was definitely a a my draft kind of a thing. For sure. Yeah, I gave this a B. Um, Loved Calvin Austin. I think Pickett's going to be fine. Honestly, it could even be a B plus. They did a lot of good things with what they had and having to have a quarterback you know, kind of hurt their first round and improving the rest of the roster. And I thought they made up for it really, really well on day two. So uh, really good stuff from the Steelers overall with what they were working with. Moving on to the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Um, I think we previewed on Monday's show that this was not a top flight draft for the stock exchange. Correct. We'll start with the good first. Loved Perrion Winfrey where they got him. I know Perrion Winfrey's concerns but in the fourth round, in this scheme, I think he can get after the quarterback. I loved Jerome Ford. Maybe more liked him now that I'm reading it. I think the breakaway speed element in this zone offense is going to play. So, And Kareem Hunt is a free agent after this year. I think Jerome Ford could be the long-term backup to Nick Chubb. Trevor, did you love anything? And if not, give me the lowdown on the Browns draft. No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, I, like I, I didn't. I mean, I look, there are things that I, I like Martin Emerson. He was a player who wins with the I did not. length. But but like, look, I, I think he was miscast at Mississippi State. Mm. I didn't think he was playing in the right system. And I feel like he's going to be used a lot more as a man coverage defender at the next level. And I think that's something that Cleveland wants to do, especially if they get aggressive on the up front. And so I think that you're drafting a longer corner who has that length to play that closer press coverage, that man coverage role. And so like, I liked it in theory, like that's kind of, it's an in theory thing with me. Jerome Ford again, liked it. He's, destined to be a backup behind nick chubb so i i, I don't think i can say that i loved it but, but man their backups play look at last year with d Ernest. it's just <sighs> but i know what you mean i know what I you guess. mean but i think that you you can you're like you're always gonna be able to find those dudes too like especially you look at the situation that they have now with hunt there and maybe you're right maybe ford's gonna come in and they're gonna basically let him be cream hunt if that's the case i think that maybe a good investment in the long run especially for where you pick them i i, I was fine with alex right Again, I think that they needed extra defensive line help, but I didn't like David. I didn't like David Bell. I don't think David Bell is going to be good in the NFL. I really didn't like the Perrion Winfrey pick. Oh, you really didn't, dude. He he is not what they need. They mm. needed beef and strength in the middle. That's what they needed. That's what I think they needed. And Perrion Winfrey is exactly not that. 
No, he you're right. A, he is a one-gap pass-rushing defensive lineman who is really susceptible to strength and dual blocks in the middle. They need to bring back Clowney for their run defense. They needed they needed somebody to, I think, anchor in the middle of that defense. That, that's at least what I think. And so no, Perry Winfrey did not. He, he, he did not fit that bill um, at all. I didn't actually read off all the picks. Martin Emerson, third round. They didn't have a first or a second round pick. Martin Emerson in the third round. Alex Wright in the third round. David Bell in the third round. Fourth round, they went Perry and Winfrey. We also forgot to mention that they drafted the first special teamer, the highest drafted kicker since 2016 when the Bucks took Roberto Aguayo. Cade York, the kicker from LSU. Now, Cade York, big leg, a lot of kicking talent. Cleveland Browns had the lowest field goal percentage in the NFL last year. All right, okay. You can see why they picked that, but fourth still, round, still, still fourth round, fourth round, not great. Fifth round, they got Jerome Ford, then Michael Woods, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, in the sixth round. Isaiah Thomas, the edge rusher from Oklahoma, in the seventh round, and then uh, Dawson Deaton, the center from Texas Tech. So I, I don't know, man. I obviously outlined that I didn't love this draft. This was a C minus for me. I suppose if emerson ends up working out a lot at corner if if jerome ford becomes this rb2 that they continually use in their rotation then it can look a lot better but outside of that i don't know how much of an impact alex wright's gonna have i don't think david david bell was the kind of wide receiver that they that they needed i don't think the perry on winfrey was the kind of interior defensive lineman they needed so just a very meh draft for me with the cleveland browns even with the knowledge that they did not pick until the third round i'm fully aware yes. of that i'm yes. fully aware of that thank you for emphasizing that because i think a lot of people are going to go oh, well you gave the eagles credit for aj brown but you didn't give the browns credit for deshaun watson i'm factoring all of this in here once again i sure okay. i didn't sell right. i didn't celebrate that trade too so i think everybody knows where I, we stand on that um liked alex wright i liked david bell i think he's their jarvis landry-ish replacement the testing is scary but he can play on tape I don't get Martin Emerson at all. Uh, I don't get Cade York in the fourth round at all. It feels like overcompensation for kicking problems, which I hate. I hate when teams do that. Um, man, I didn't get the trade trading out. It felt like they didn't walk away with a real player from this draft, to be honest with you. So I gave it a C plus yep. when I factored in that they didn't have, obviously, some picks from the trade. Yeah, this was, let's just call it what it is. This is not a stock exchange favorite. I know that will not be well-received, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I'm open, always open to discourse rather than yeah, you guys course. suck, go Browns. Like, right. That's just how we feel. I think we broke it down in a pretty fair way. Well, yeah, you know, some drafts you're going to love, some drafts you aren't. Or you could and say we suck, and that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Brother, they didn't need your approval for that. They've been, they've, they've been going for a while here. Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Very interesting draft. One that I'm very curious to hear how much you liked because I got a lot of really good talent. Dax Hill at the back end of yeah, the first I, round. Yeah. Stacey from Michigan. Cam Britt Taylor, the corner from Nebraska in the second round. Zachary Carter, the defensive lineman from Florida in the third. Cordell Volson, the offensive tackle from North Dakota State in the fourth round. Uh, Tyson Anderson, the safety from Toledo in the fifth. No picks in the sixth round. And then Jeffrey Gunter, the edge rusher from Coastal Carolina in the seventh. How we feel about it, Connor? Pretty dang good, to be honest with you, for the Bengals, considering they weren't picking, obviously, at the top of this draft. Loved Dax Hill, loved Tyson Anderson. You're talking about two safeties that you can ask them to do almost anything. Dax Hill more in coverage, Tyson Anderson more downhill in the box. Tyson Anderson, three-time team captain, 
uh, over 800 snaps of special teams, I want to say. Played every single safety spot, almost every spot on the defense. Like Cam Taylor Britt, kind of a corner that acts like a safety. Jeffrey Gunter, I like betting on athleticism to develop at edge. And I like Zach Carter, kind of the opposite. Kind of, you know what you're going to get. He's so stout against the run. Once again, that high effort pass rusher. Um, not overly creative as a rusher, but that's okay. The Bengals are going to be fine. They're fine with guys like that. The only pick I didn't get, Trevor, was Cordell Wilson. That didn't really move the needle for me. But Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't really get that one. Um, Come on. This draft rocked, though. This draft was freaking awesome on defense. This was load up the defense. Let's get back into the AFC playoffs and have a party. Dude, I I love the Coldell Volson pick. Really? Yeah, because I think, you know, when you look at it for what the Bengals were prioritizing, they were clearly going secondary with Daxton Hill and, and Cambry Taylor as their first two selections there. And then they go defensive line depth. Uh, with with Zach Carter right after that. So you said to yourself, like, oh, how many mock drafts did we do, Connor, when we were like, oh, you know, I mean, if a good interior offensive lineman falls to him, you know, like, yeah. a, like a Tyler Linderbaum or Zion Johnson or maybe even a Tyler Smith, like if one of those guys falls to him, maybe you end up taking the bait and you end up doing that. They didn't. They went secondary. But I still think that getting depth in the offensive line was going to be important. And the thing that I yeah, love about no Cordell Wilson that. is that he's experienced, man. He understands it. He's like, he's played so many reps. He's played so long for that team that he is a player that now let's face it. You were picking in the fourth round. You weren't picking in the first round. So you weren't like, you weren't taking the spot of a Ted Karras or of a Alex Kappa or something like that. I think their starting offensive line is already set now with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Bolson now becomes that sixth man, if you will for that offensive line. I don't think he's ever going to play center, but like if an, if a guard goes down, you need somebody to plug and play right away, especially for a team that just went to a Super Bowl that thinks they're in a winning window. If a tackle goes down, you need somebody to kind of plug in right away. Hopefully they're short-term injuries so they don't have to play a long time. But Volson's not going to be one of those players that is experiencing live reps like for the first time, if you will, or is super green in his experience. He's seen a lot of it before. So I think that guys like that don't get nearly as overwhelmed when they have to come in in a pinch. Their warm-up time, their tune-up time isn't nearly as much. So I like—I really like that. That was one of the picks that I loved for that reason. Trevor, yes. I get every, you're spot on everything you're saying. My counter argument is take Jamari Salyer. That was like everything you just said is perfect. And I'm not, listen, this is me nitpicking. I gave the Bengals a B plus. I love this draft. I, I'm always going to go back to be truthful to my board. I cannot believe Jamari Sire, a guy that's succeeded uh, at tackle, succeeded at guard, was a force in huge games for Georgia, went in the sixth round of the Chargers. Uh, that part, I'm totally with you. Also, when I'm looking at the camera, I can't see you or my computer so the last time that you said my name, Trevor, like that, Tom Brady unretired. Yeah, you, you got scared so when, that uh, so when Debo you, Samuel just went to when, the box. When you just said my name like that, my heart literally dropped. It got you to stop. It worked. <laughs> Immediately. Because I've already, because I've been there before. I've seen this movie before. So, oh, man, no, that was good. I hear you. I can't believe Jamari saw your joke Yeah, hey, no problem. Like, it's nitpicking. This was a good draft. That's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I just wanted I, look, to get my Jamari Sawyer bit in there. I... Love I love Dax Hill the player, but if I had a don't get, it is maybe Dax Hill because okay we, we said this before and you and I have chatted about it I believe on the podcast right after night one. Yes. If this is a move to not pay Jesse Bates, I don't like it. 
I, I like I like I and it. I should rephrase that. It's not that I don't like it because I think Dax Hill is a phenomenal football player. He's going to come in. He's going to play well for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's going to be great. But when you look at Dax Hill, what can he do for you? You talk about versatility, how you're going to use him. The two ways and you can use his versatility the best is free safety. He's got great range on the back end, understands space really well, has really good spatial awareness in the back end. Or as a slot defender, like he was this past season, they have Mike Hilton, one of the best slot defenders in the game who can only play slot. So you cannot move him. So, I mean, maybe you're going to get creative with Dax Hill and use him in different slot ways when they're going four wide receivers, or maybe when it's a tight end that's on the field in the slot. Maybe you're thinking that. But the other position is free safety. Who plays free safety? Jesse Bates. And well, Jesse Bates is not happy about the fact that he got franchise tagged. He is not yeah. happy about it. And he, I don't think he has signed it yet. And so the Bengals have been known as a team that doesn't like to spend money. And if you are going to take one of the best players that you had, a major catalyst for the reason why they got to the Super Bowl, and tell them, ah, we don't want to pay you. We're just going to draft your replacement. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like it sends a bad message. I feel like it sends a bad message. Now, Lou Anarumo, he's one of the best defensive coordinators. He proved that this past year about how versatile he was able to get with some of his guys. He's super aggressive. You mentioned they get Anderson as well, who could do a lot of different things. Cambert Taylor's a nice outside replacement for Eli Apple. And Dax Hill, I think, is a fantastic football player. If you can figure out how to use all of these guys really well, and this is not a major, we don't want to pay Jesse Bates kind of a thing, great with it. I think all of a sudden their secondary is loaded if that is their mindset. But that's the only don't like I have in this class is did you draft Dax Hill to just get rid of probably your best defensive player? Because if that's the case, it's hardly even a one-on-one -on -one replacement for me. You're just going a little bit backwards. You're just saving money for a little bit because you're hoping that Dax Hill would then be, become the player that Jesse Bates is. When's that going to happen? Two, three years down the road when he wants another new contract? So I don't know, man. That's my only. That's that's no, me. no. It's a good. It's a good rant. About, it's a good about. rant. We're gonna be watching how that one plays out because if, sure. if that's the problem, the, why I love the Dax Hill pick is I think the way you can use him as a chess piece while having Jesse Bates behind him is unbelievable. Yep. So I I I think it's a good point, Trevor. We both ended up with B pluses for the Bengals, I believe, right? Uh, yes. Uh, is B plus? Did I go with B plus? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. B, B plus for this one. Probably be an A if they use Dax Hill the right way, keep Jesse Bates, and have a fantastic secondary. Honestly, I would love this draft. It'd probably be an A for me. Last, Last one. one. Yep. Rounded it out with the Baltimore Ravens. Kyle Hamilton at number 14 in the first round. Also got an additional first round pick. Trading Marquise Brown to the Arizona Cardinals. And with that pick, they traded down. Selected Tyler Linderbaum, the offensive lineman from Iowa. Incredible. Uh, second round, edge rusher David Ojabo from Michigan. Travis Jones, the defensive lineman from UConn. Uh, in the fourth round, we've got Daniel Falele, the offensive tackle from Minnesota. Jalen Armour Davis, the cornerback from Alabama. Charlie Kohler, the Iowa tight end. Jordan Stout, the punter from Penn State. Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal Carolina. Uh, Damarian Williams, the cornerback from Houston. No picks in the fifth round. And then sixth round, they got Tyler Beatty, the halfback from Missouri. I really like Tyler Beatty pick. That was a nice way to end that draft. All right, it, the rest of their picks were so good that nobody cared that they got a nice pick in Tyler Beatty later I on. I think Beatty could be great. I really do. It, it was awesome. interesting. Okay, so loved Kyle Hamilton, first-round player, top-ten player. Loved Tyler Linderbaum, uh, top-five player. Loved Travis Jones, first-round player. Loved David Ajabo, first-round player unbelievable haul right there i like daniel falele i've explained why he fits them so much on the right side eventually behind morgan moses 
like the size, speed, developmental gamble on Jalen Armour Davis. That was the right time to do it. Going into a room with Marlon Humphrey is really, really going to help him, those Alabama guys. Um, really like Charlie Kohler, the pass-catching ability he brings to their oh, 13 nice personnel pick. sets. Do I do the don't get now, or do you want to say what you liked as well? Nah, you just run through it. You just run through it. The only question I have from this draft and why I changed it from an A-plus to an A, I loved this draft. I thought it was the best draft. It was the best draft of any draft this year. It was one of my favorite drafts of all time that I, since I've been doing this. One question that I don't get, and I know they got jumped for Calvin Austin, which probably hurt this a little bit. What happens if Rashad Bateman gets hurt again? Mm-hmm. Have you seen their wide receiver depth chart? It's not pretty. Well, hold on now. Tylen Wallace, my the the king. Sure, the, he's fine. The, the short king, Tylen Wallace. He's fine. Devin Duvernay, James Pro, Prochet, Proche, yep. Prochet. I always Proche, go Proche, back, back and forth on that one. He's that. a 2021 draft guy. We're allowed to forget we're, now. <laughs> um, we're, we're long past. I just this team is awesome. Um, little spoiler: I might pick this team to win the North, but King of the North. I. What I want to see the Ravens do is go trade 2023 capital for Debo Samuel oh. or or DK Metcalf, and I and I and you are just firing right yeah. now. Sure. So awesome draft wide receiver depth scares me. I know they're a 13 personnel team. I know that. Uh, I just I had to write. You always have to write a question. You don't want to all be sunshine and rainbows. Mm-hmm. Um, if they went if they went and traded for DK Metcalf, I would force my friends to not be able to pick the Ravens when we play with him in Madden. Uh, that would be, that would be a house That'd be rule. silly. That would be a house rule for me. Steph Lamar and uh, Rashad Bateman and DK Metcalf there. Look, I, I love this entire draft. You know, we, we, we talked about it a lot on our favorite drafts. We both mentioned the Ravens. This is an A plus for me. I agree. Wide receiver depth definitely is something that would be a, uh, just something to note that they did they, they weren't able to address now they got two receiving tight ends right they got charlie kohler they got isaiah likely those are two guys that i think could definitely help in the receiving portion of the ravens offense they're just not traditional wide receivers so i think that those guys help a little bit but there's no doubt about it they needed another wide receiver didn't pick one you can't fix it all though right I, no, maybe, no i guess no, somewhere no, no. in the middle you maybe you switch it out with a wide receiver you mentioned Calvin austin being a potential target for them but not much to not like about this draft I said it on the Monday show. There's a reason why the Ravens are good at this. There's a reason why the Ravens are always a team that's competing for a division title, competing for long playoff runs. It's because they know how to acquire talent. They understand how this goes. They get it. They get value at their pick. They get value when it comes to trading up or down. They understand how to play the board. Eric DaCosta and obviously Isaac Newsom before him were they are two of the best, two of the best of what they do. It's it, it's awesome to watch the Ravens cook on draft weekend. And I think that's absolutely what they did. They got an A plus from me and uh, truly one of my favorite drafts. There we go. Those are two divisions down the NFC East and the AFC North. Before we get out of here, just remind you guys that if you don't have a PFF subscription, you get 25% off any PFF sub. If you use the promo code NFLSE, you get all sorts of stuff. I mean, fantasy football is going to be coming around. You're going to get all the betting in season tools. Of course, when draft season rolls back around, you're going to get the draft guide as well. Completely unlocked mock draft simulator. Tons of really great stuff. If you don't have a subscription, use that promo code NFLSE and you will get 25% off. Whatever it is, Edge, Elite, College, whatever you're looking to sign up for, you will get 25% off. We are doing two more divisions on Thursday. I'm spacing out my words. 
because I'm looking up which divisions we're getting. And in, you, in, in fact, it is the NFC North and the AFC East. We just flipped them. <laughs> what huh. we did today. Man, Smart. I'm, I'm so good at scheduling. I didn't even remember how Yeah, great this was all you. <laughs> so This is good, man. This was, uh, I felt like this is therapeutic. I really enjoyed getting oh, in the weeds a little bit with the details here of these classes. This was good stuff. Who's going to be more ready for the preseason than us and the, and the oh. sex addicts? <laughs> The sex addicts are going to be just, as ready for fourth, the sex- fourth quarter of the Bengals Jacksonville. Oh, uh, hell yeah. They're going to be watching intently, baby. We too. Holy shit. Is that Cordell Volson? Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at Jeffrey Gunter get off the ball there. That's what it's going to be in the uh, in the. It's uh, good. It's good. In I the love it. Games. No, it's going to be good. We, we promise, though, we're going to have you guys as ready for preseason football and for the NFL season as we possibly can get over the summer. We're going to have a lot of fun, you know, doing these different drafts yeah. for rookie of the year, you know, dr- drafting all kinds of under 25 teams who we think is going to win each division. We're going to be doing over unders and everything. We got a lot of really great summer plans for you guys, but we'll talk more about that once we get through these divisions. Two more teams coming up on Thursday. Thanks for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange. We'll see you guys then.